You are listening to the Mom Halo Podcast. This sweet ear candy will serve up laughs and aha moments as we talk to best-in-class thought leaders. These folks are dropping gems of genius. I'm Melana Kapitz, CEO and founder of the Mom Halo community. I'm a fun, fearless, freckled mom with three wild kiddos. I love to introduce you to ideas and people that will rock your world all while laughing out loud because that is the only way to get through the daily grind of parenthood. Plug in your earphones and let's get to them. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mom Halo podcast. I'm your host, Alana K. Fitz, and today I have Dr. Lisa Weeks, and she is just the most amazing. I love Dr. Weeks so much. She was a scholar in resident part of our Mom Halo VVIPs um, during the 2020-2021 year, and I'm super excited to welcome her today. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Lisa Weeks. Yay! Thanks for having me. And I really enjoy being part of your community. It's amazing what you've done for women around the world because community is an often over or underlooked, I should say, piece to health because I don't know if you know, but there is a statistic that being lonely is just as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day and it can shorten your life by up to eight years. So building your community, you're helping to enhance longevity and wellness and moms really need it, right? So many women are alone, they suffer, they're going through postpartum depression or anxiety. Lisa, how have I never heard that stat before? I love that. Okay. Uh, I love it. You're just also so, you know, you have a beautiful family and a great story. So why don't you kick us off by just telling us who you are, where you're from and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks. You can call me Lisa. I'm a naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada, and I've been practicing for over 15 years. And after having my son, Stuart, five years ago, I went through burnout and postpartum anxiety. Um, so I had my own health journey to go through. But I love working with moms who are burnt out, who suffer from postpartum conditions or fertility challenges. And I actually started a podcast to support moms, too, called Perimenopausal Mamas, because I'm now 44. I just turned 44. For Atlanta. I can't believe it. And uh, so I'm starting to notice some hormone shifts. And this is a demographic that's really not, you know, they don't have the attention that they need. People are suffering with sleep issues, hair loss, fatigue. Um, and I can help women through this transition and into menopause too. So people can feel their best. I love that so much, Lisa. I think you're so fabulous. I know a lot of our women in our community have taken you up on your um, programs and your offers and your expertise. And every time I talk to you, I always learn something. So my biggest question for you now, we're recording this in sort of March of 2022, and it feels pretty um, crazy for, I want to say ominous for many people, because this is the beginning of the pandemic two years ago, and we're sort of entering the third year. Um, and my question for you is when moms and clients and all sorts of folk are calling you, what is the chief complaints that you're hearing from, from clients right now? Right now, it definitely is low mood, depression, burnout. And I'm seeing a lot of people with hair loss too, which can be stress related. I think people are just at their wits end, you know, with everything going on in the world too. It's hard to get out of bed in the morning. They're hard to be motivated to get through the day, to look after themselves. So definitely fatigue and burnout, 
hair loss, hormone imbalances. I'm seeing so much of that right now. I think people do suffer from seasonal affective disorder. Luckily, the days are starting to get longer, right? And there's some glimmer of spring sometimes in the air. Um, But women are really struggling. There's too much on their plates and they haven't had the outlets that they usually have to recharge and reconnect with other women. But with your form, I see you guys are doing some live events. So I think that's going to make a big difference. Yeah, I see that. So tell us about something as basic as what seems like hair loss. That to me, Mm -hmm. I'm somebody who, you know, for a lot of women, hair is like a big part of their identity, a big part of their being, their sexuality, their femininity. Tell me about hair loss, because that's something that's interesting to me. It makes me take pause because I know many people, and I also know for myself, you know, during three different pregnancies, my hair was never more luscious than it ever had been. And it was like every hair follicle I had did not leave my head for many, many, many months. And then postpartum, the hair stops falling out. And if you see here, I actually have some baby hairs. I have like little tiny bangs at the front. So tell us a little bit about our hormones and hair loss. Cause I think that's very interesting. Sure. Yeah. So definitely in pregnancy, you don't actually lose much hair. So normally you would lose up to a hundred hairs a day. Um, but when you're not pregnant, you're not, those hormones are just making your hair luscious there. Your hair's not falling out, but it's normal about three months or so after pregnancy, as your hormones shift, right? Your estrogen's not going to be at the same high level. It's normal to have that your hair starts to to fall out. And it seems like a lot, it's more than normal because you haven't been losing hair during the pregnancy, right? So that should stabilize after a few weeks or so, or a month or so. But there can be a a condition where women actually lose a lot of hair three to six months after a major stressor. So they come to me and they're like, my stress is fine now, but my hair is starting to fall out. So we look back and see, okay, Six months ago, was that in the thick of the pandemic? The kids were home. Was there something that happened at work? So we know cortisol or stress hormone will impact our female hormones and our thyroid, which contributes to hair loss because it's a complicated, it's multifactorial when it comes to hair loss. So a lot of women are low in iron that can contribute to hair loss. They might not be anemic, but they might be low in their iron stores. A lot of women postpartum um, and getting into their 40s have thyroid problems that may be undiagnosed because when you look at lab results, the ranges are so large. If you fall in that catch, you know, window of numbers, you're normal, but there's optimal numbers for your thyroid. So definitely iron levels and thyroid stress hormone imbalances, and that can be measured through blood, through urine as well. And female hormone changes that can happen through the different phases of stopping, you know, breastfeeding, getting into perimenopause and menopause. And then even something as simple as not getting enough protein in your diet, right? A lot of people get a lot of eggs, fish, meat, maybe with dinner, maybe with lunch, a lot of people are lacking. So I get patients to track how much protein they're actually getting on a daily basis. And that can support it as well. So it's a multifactorial. um, And we would look at all of those pieces. And I'm seeing a lot of immune attack on the thyroid called Hashimoto's, where that is contributing to the hair loss too. So their other thyroid numbers might look normal on blood work, but they get the anti-TPO antibodies or other antibodies tested in the blood, which is not always done, to be honest. Those are elevated. So it's showing early signs of thyroid issues. 
and hair loss, yeah, you have nice luscious hair. It can be really debilitating when people are like, oh my gosh, I have like bald patches here. There's hair all over the house. A lot of people do want to have those luscious locks and there's ways to help prevent the hair loss um, from happening. I love it. So tell me more about your specific industry. We talked about Hashimoto's. I know you're so, so the wisdom you have is as deep as the ocean. So I, we, I don't think we can go super deep, but I would love to take some deep dives into some stuff. So we talked about hair loss. We're talking about the attack on the thyroid system. You are, what you do, you are a physician in a lot of ways. It's not traditional medicine, like Western medicine or Eastern medicine. It's somewhere in the middle, but I know people really love you and love the wild collective and everything that you represent. Tell us a little bit more about the, the scope of work. Somebody comes to you. I'm always, actually, I really should send you some blood work. I would love for you to take a look at my blood. What can, what can you do differently than in your practice than sort of Eastern or Western medicine offers? What makes you different, Lisa? Mm, yeah. So as a naturopathic doctor, I take the time. So my first visit's an hour and 15 minutes. So I review your health history, your family history, what you're eating, what you're taking, if there's any medications or supplements. And it's a thorough, you know, putting all the pieces together, you know, in the medical field, it's great, right? But you go in, you can discuss one or two concerns. You know, there's not time to see the whole body as like one complete picture. And I use, um, as a naturopathic doctor, we're trained to do physical examination and blood work, but our ranges are a little bit different than the medical ranges are a little bit tighter. Um, and then I'm also the tools as a naturopathic doctor that I use. So definitely nutrition. So I look at what people are eating. They might do a food journal. They might just, you know, recall what they've eaten. We go through and see how can we tweak it to get the most nutrition in your day and make it doable for busy moms, parents with picky eaters, right? So I use nutrition, I use herbal medicine. So using plants and herbs, whether it's tea form or tincture form, I really focus on lifestyle changes. So helping people work through stress um, and coaching people on healthy daily choices, right? Our habits that we do every day are ultimately what get us to, you know, our success or our goals. I can also use acupuncture. So I use that a lot in office. I can prescribe hormones for patients. I can make prescriptions using different water therapies too. And I can prescribe what's called desiccated thyroid. So I, as a naturopathic doctor, my superpower is to really educate and empower patients to take back control of their health. And I always explain why are we making certain changes? And we have a discussion around if it's reasonable are these changes you can make? And if not, okay, what else can we do instead? And I do like to think of naturopathic medicine as complementary. So it's not like you have to choose one or yes. the other. Yeah, fit into other supports that you're getting. So if someone's on a medication, I'll look at what the nutrient depletions are. You stay on your medication. We just make sure you're giving your body those things that are depleted from that medication, for example. Um, so yeah, I do the one-on-one -on -one practice. And then you mentioned the Wild Collective, right? So it's a great community program where it brings women together. It's a 10-module program. It's going to be hybrid. It's coming out this spring. Um, but it's giving women the knowledge they need to understand their health. There's different topics. So on detox and hormones and stress and thyroid, etc. And then there's all these amazing exercises to help women connect and be vulnerable and really open up. I know your community is all about being real, right? Be who you are. It's not like put on this front of everything's perfect. So I offer that. And then I do the podcast because I just love, I think like you just sharing information, talking with interesting people. 
now, a word from our Mom Halo podcast sponsor. Who needs superheroes when we have moms? We are all searching for meaning and purpose in our lives. Here at Canadian Surrogacy Community, we strive to do just that. As a woman, you have the power to change the lives in one in six couples who experience infertility in Canada. You have the opportunity to help create families for those who cannot do it alone. We support families building families and are looking for empowered women to become surrogates or egg donors to make an impact on the many couples facing infertility. Did you know that having a child through egg donation and surrogacy is one of the only ways for a same-sex couple to start a family? Reach out now to learn more. Kids and Company is Canada's leading provider of childcare with over 100 locations across the country and in the United States. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary this year, and with 20 years of experience in the childcare space, comes a ton of innovation in how they cater to their families. They have in-classroom webcams, an app that provides daily updates for parents, a from-scratch menu, and wonderful high-quality educators. These are just a few of the amazing things about Kids and Company. My daughter attends one of their centers and I can vouch for how incredible they are, far beyond others we've attended. They're offering families who register and start care by July 31st, 2022, a waived registration fee. That applies to new registrations only. Call their team at one eight six six my kidco co to register for this offer. You won't regret it. I love that so much. I think it's so interesting um, because I, I do think that I'm somebody who's always leaned into non-traditional medicines. I don't love Western medicine. I don't love hospitals. I really don't even love doctors. I'm somebody who's had all three children with midwives. I really believe in sort of like um, client or patient-centric um methods of care, even though I love doctors and I trust doctors now more than I ever have from my personal uh, life experiences and my challenges with my son, Henry, who, you know, without life-saving intervention um, and the beauty that is medical science, I wouldn't be able to be where we are. But for a long time, um, I didn't like, I didn't love the sterilized, sterile sort of physician doctor relation. And I loved my midwife experiences, all three of them from the get go. And my own GP is, is quite Eastern thinking. Um, she comes from uh, the sort of former Soviet Union, believe it or not. Uh, she's Baltic. And, um, you know, I really thought that she always prescribed, you know, nutritional decisions and stuff like that. So I really love that. Um, you are somebody that I think is quite wise. Let me ask you about this. When you take somebody's blood work, what can you see, Lisa? I feel like blood tells everything. Mm. When you're taking a client's blood, which is so different than perhaps what people even understand, what is that? What are the helix? What are the, what's in the helix? Tell us what you're seeing. Mm. What do you That's see? amazing. Yeah. So I, I don't do the blood job myself, but they go to life labs, right? But it's looking under the hood, right? And it's looking at it with a fine tooth comb, not just saying, okay, you're in the normal range, but you can measure your vitamin D levels, which is so important for people to know right now, because that supports our immune function, right? Not only bone health, it's also a pro hormone. So the different vitamins you can test and nutrients, I commonly test vitamin D, vitamin B12, and iron, your iron stores your ferritin. So it can tell your body how you're absorbing things as well, right? If you have food sensitivities and your iron's constantly 
load, let's say you're still eating meat, maybe you're taking a supplement, it's like, well, maybe you have leaky gut, maybe there's undiagnosed celiac disease, maybe there's undiagnosed food sensitivities. And then through the blood, you can see how your thyroid's working. And you can even see if there's autoimmune attack in your body, you know, has your immune system gone awry? Um, you can look at your white blood cells, red blood cells to get a sense of your immune function, your clotting factors, you can even test cortisol, your stress hormone, there's and female hormones too in the blood to see, are you close to menopause? What are your stress levels like? You may do other investigations for that too, but you know, name a concern. I can, there's probably a test for it. Yes. You may, you put it together with signs and symptoms and there's different testing through stool and urine and saliva too, but it's so amazing. And patients love that I actually go through their blood results with them. So instead of just saying, Oh, it's normal. I'll go through each number and, you know, what was tested line by line and explain what it means and why I think it's important and if it could be better or not, you know, even just triglycerides can show if people have had too much sugar or they're not burning it off. So the cholesterol panel can be useful too. So it's pretty amazing. It's like trying to be a, a detective. And then I do the physical exam and I do Chinese medicine, tongue and pulse diagnosis. I remember a while back, I think I looked at your tongue and um, got some information from that, but blood pressure, heart rate, there's so much you can tell about what's happening in someone's body by checking all of these parameters. Tell me how many years of education did you have to get this, this level of detail? Cause it is fascinating to me. Can you like, can you explain to us a little bit about the qualification? Cause I think a lot of people are not super familiar with the authority that you actually bring to these conversations. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So you need at least three years of university, but I graduated from the University of Waterloo, um, the full like five-year co-op program in biology. And then the naturopathic program is a four-year full-time program. And I was blown away by the depth of information and the amount of time you spend in the class, in the clinic, you know, we would look at cadavers and figure out all the anatomy and stuff. Um, so it's a four-year program. And then you have to write a licensing exam, which is several days long. And then you're required to do continuing education credits, which you submit every few years. So most provinces, naturopathic medicine is regulated. The last I heard Quebec wasn't. So in Quebec, someone could call themselves a naturopathic doctor and do like a weekend course or something like that. But overall, we're pretty regulated here in North America, too. And there are lots of standards that you have to follow. But it's a fascinating program because, you know, right. my my doctor was kind of leaning towards Eastern medicine, too. And I was just so excited to learn about health and healing from other cultures and putting it all together, right? Like, which it sounds like your experience with your doctor was yeah. like that, too. I remember like uh, when I was trying to get pregnant with Elias, my first child, she's like, look, I just want you to try the Mediterranean diet, try eating a lot of fish, try eating really green, like try eating things in the region. I was like, oh, okay. Like it was the first time I'd ever heard it was 2014, 2015. She's like, just eat from this region. And I had never even been schooled on that before. I think it's fascinating. But when you think about it, look, most doctors do four years undergrad, three or four years undergrad and three or four years of medical school. A GP can do three years and then a one-year fellowship and then they're a, a doctor. So it, I just want people to understand it's it's a lot of education that you're bringing to this stuff. And I find you to be so knowledgeable. Um, okay, let's switch gears a bit. Let's talk about uh, maternal, uh, maternal health. We're talking about perinatal. Take us what, what's prenatal, perinatal, all those sort of peri conversations. Mm -hmm. Let's break down the terminology to its most pure form. You said yourself, you're 44 and you're experiencing some premenopausal, like explain some of those, yeah. the life cycle of say, 
you know, somebody who's past the age of birthing, you've had sort of kiddos. What's next for for us in terms mm-hmm. of our hormonal? What can we look forward to, Lisa? I guess I know. Is my question. <laughs> and you know, is everybody's the journey's a little different, but it's good to have an idea, right? Because a lot of times people just think, okay, I'm going to hit somewhere in my 50s. My period's just going to stop. Everything's going to be the same up until then. Maybe I'll get some hot flashes, move on, and that's it. But that's not how it goes. Like, unfortunately, even in your late 30s, you can start to notice hormone changes, whether your your cycle might be missing a month, maybe it's coming every few weeks, sometimes your flow might be heavier. Um, So this is the perimenopausal. So this is like before menopause, where there's starting to be changes. And what usually happens is your progesterone drops, so you can start to feel more anxious, and you might have sleep issues, people don't really feel like themselves, your estrogens all over the place, depending on what's happening with your cycle. So some months, you might feel fine other months when your estrogen drops you're like I feel like I'm going through menopause but then okay I'm getting a period again so it's all wonky right and then you can notice vaginal changes too so women don't expect to notice decreased lubrication or more urinary tract infections until menopause but it can happen in your late 30s early 40s as well and that can really interfere with your quality of life so it's an area that's often overlooked you know a lot of uh, in the medical world, a lot of patients are told to put on, be put on the birth control, you know, um, other medications just to moderate, but there's natural ways to support mood, to support your hormones and be proactive. So when you get to actually menopause is when you haven't had a period for a year. And a lot of times treatments weren't started until that. So women were in this limbo period where they're like, I feel like crap, but there's nothing that it can be done. Um, but we're realizing this, this category of people needs to be addressed, right? Because they're, you know, you're looking after your own kids, you might be looking after your parents, you're that sandwich generation, you're just burnt out, and you feel off you need to sleep and you need to feel good. So we call it the perimenopause period. So it could be five years, eight years, 10 years before your period even stops that you're starting to suffer. And I'm finding a lot of women who have adrenal issues, like adrenal fatigue, if you've heard of that, or dysregulation, where they've been burning the candle at both ends. They go through perimenopause and menopause. It's more challenging for them because as we stop making hormones from our ovaries, our adrenal glands can pick up some of the slack. If they've been pumping out a lot of stress hormones, they're eventually going to be weaker. They can't do what they're supposed to do. And then you can, it makes the transition a bit harder. So really working on adrenal health, you know, managing your sleep and stress and filling up your own gas tank, uh, asking for help and saying no is really key to make those transitions a lot easier. Tell me, what is the adrenals? I don't even know if people know what that is. Yeah, a lot of people don't. So you have two adrenal glands, one that sits above each kidney. So if you put your hands on your low back, they're there. They're kind of like little tri- like little hats on top of the kidneys. And they, they moderate our blood pressure and our blood sugar. They produce sex hormones. So in females, that's what produces our testosterone, right? They can make progesterone as well. Um, it has a whole host of effects in the body. But when we go through a busy time, we're pumping out a lot of cortisol. So we need stress hormones at the right amount at the right time for us to feel good for our immune system to work. Ideally, cortisol is released from the adrenal glands highest in the morning, but not too high. So you want to get out of bed. And then before bed, it drops and stays low. So you fall asleep and stay asleep. But if you're going through a lot of stress, your cortisol can be elevated throughout the day. 
you might not lower to go to sleep. You have a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. If you keep that level that's secreting that amount of cortisol up, eventually you crash, right? This is when you get sick, you know, you're finally on vacation, you get hit with that bug, your cortisol is really low. And that's when you start to have health problems. So there's testing to see what's happening with your cortisol rhythm. And people can tell me, right? Signs and symptoms are obvious. So like, I can't get out of bed in the morning. I need coffee to keep me going. Then I need wine to unwind at night because then I can't just settle down. I need some sugar or an afternoon snack. You know, that's like a carb heavy snack. I can't focus. I'm forgetting things. That's a big sign of adrenal dysfunction or adrenal fatigue. And even worst allergies or getting sick a lot can be a sign as well. I wonder, have you ever, do you see any men? You're sort of describing some men that I know in my life. I do. Yeah, I do treat men. I know I target to, you know, perimenopausal women, but I definitely see men in my practice for some similar concerns, right? So whether they're burnt out, they have low libido, they're having erectile issues, a lot of men with GERD and digestive issues and reflux, um, even if they want to, you know, work on getting their cholesterol or blood sugars or blood pressure low, that's what I work on as well. I love this, Lisa. When you see somebody, what's the first sort of um, tip or trick do you generally give them? Is it to reduce things from their diet? Is it, I know some people talk about elimination where they remove dairy or or um, not starch, if you will, or white flour. What's the first step in, in working with somebody like you or you? What's the first thing you prescribe? And I'm using air quotes when I say Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be like, obviously, for each person, it could be a bit different. But in general, I find him adding things in. So it might be like, okay, how can we get you to drink more water? Not like just drink this, but this is how we can actually fit it in your day specifically. Oh, look, we need to add in some more protein or vegetables. How's that going to look for you? Oh, look, we need to add in a few minutes of time for yourself in the day, right? Because you want to start to fill your cup up. So then you have the energy and the motivation to make some of these other changes. Then maybe we would look at, okay, are you reacting to something you're eating? Do we do a blood test for that, a food sensitivity test? Or do we think, okay, from doing a food journal, it looks like you might be reacting to bread or wheat. Do we cut that out and see how you respond? But it's usually even just adding in a little extra sleep. A lot of people just aren't giving themselves what they need, even enjoyment and play and sex, right? Like these are all things that can be lacking. So I usually start by adding certain things in. Maybe we'll add in a vitamin or two as well that can be easier than starting with just removing a bunch of things in the beginning. Right. If then that crowds out the stuff that maybe we don't want in there. Right. Just like on a subconscious level. I love that so much. Lisa, if, uh, if there's, if there's one more piece of advice you want people to hear today, if they hear nothing else, what's the big takeaway you want our listeners to learn from you today? Yeah, definitely. That consistency is key. And it doesn't have to be hard, right? Just pick one health change and then get be consistent with that. Do that on a daily basis and get that under your belt. The smallest changes can have the hugest impact, right? It doesn't have to be this complicated plan that you do for a couple of months and you're like, oh, it was too hard and you fall off. But it's just being consistent and, and working on how to keep healthy habits. And I help patients get to that point too, looking at why you can't keep habits or how can you actually keep them. 
And tell us how we can find you, all of your coordinates. Would you mind, Lisa, yeah, please? Thank you so much. no problem. So I'm on Instagram at Dr. Lisa Weeks ND. That's Dr. Lisa Weeks ND. Um, you can go to my website, drlisaweeks.com, my podcast, Perimenopausal Mamas Podcast. And then I'm opening enrollment for my Wild Collective Spring Session. I'll give the mom halos a 15% discount. So you can go to www.wildcollectivetoronto.com. Just let me know you're a mom halo member there's going to be a master class on it first and then you'll um, get the code for the discount I love that Lisa I always find you so full of wisdom and every time I speak to you I'm like I gotta go in and see Lisa I need to bring my husband my father every my kids I want to bring everyone to you um I just think you're so brilliant and fabulous so thank you so much for your time today Lisa and we will direct our friends and family to go check you out and make sure they're giving you a follow if you're not following Lisa already on Instagram please go do that please join her mailing list and thank you so much for listening today to the mom halo podcast bye bye Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Sick Kids is helping redefine what's possible in pediatrics. Also, children can lead healthier, happier lives. In 2021, Project Halo raised over $150,000 to help build a new sick kids designed to better serve patients and families. This will include spaces devoted to parents and caregivers, spaces to feel calm, relief, and rest. We are calling on our community again this year to join us in helping build a state-of-the-art hospital. Together, there are no limits to what we can achieve. To learn more and to donate, go to fundraise.sickkidsfoundation.com backslash Project Mom Halo. Thank you for your generosity and support.